This message is presented by Pastor Chuck Wilson. Okay, here we are in our second sermon in our Bible prophecy series that we're just starting. And it happened because of all that's going on. Coronavirus, that's enough by itself. But then we also had all these fires and earthquakes and extreme weather still happening, tornadoes, all kinds of things. Uh, the locust plague starting up there in Africa. Worldwide political turmoil, upheaval. The United States is as bad as it's ever been. We, it sparked lots of spiritual interest and lots of fear, so I want to address that. Talked about how last time none of this should catch us by surprise. We should be ready. We should be ready as Christians. The rest of the world is in shock, but we should be ready because of biblical prophecy. Biblical prophecy, and I am entitling, entitling this series, Making Sense of the, Our Crazy World. We're going to start out in Mark 13, Matthew 24, then go into Daniel and Revelation. If you look underneath the sermon there, you can see a, a graphic outline. Uh, birth pains was the first thing we did last time, were the birth pains, the beginning stages. In Mark 13, we talked about false messiahs, wars, earthquakes, and famines. Those were the birth pains that set it off. And today we're going to move into a new uh, section. This is Are You Ready? Part 2, Jesus' Second Coming Contractions contractions mark 13 9 to 13 and then we're going to go right to matthew 24 9 to 14 so if you want to maybe pause and look those both up especially i guess camp out on matthew 24 9 to 14 but we're going to talk about the second coming and jesus uses birth the birth process to get his disciples ready he talks about birth pains contractions and then the birth itself with 13 kids, uh, 13 births, Kim and I know a little bit about the birth process, uh, her more than me, uh, but we've seen it all. We've seen it all. Uh, a lot of people will say to us, to one of us or to both of us, wow, since you had 13, you must have had so many easy births. It must have always been easier. You wouldn't have kept going with babies. Actually, just the opposite is true. There have been many, many complications and difficulties, uh, difficult pregnancies. Uh, with the birth of all 13, there was some kind of complication. It's crazy. It's really we had a miracle that we had two children. Uh, it's, the first one was so, the first birth was so horrendous. I talked about how down in Mississippi, the first birth. Uh, last time we talked about surprise birth. Ryan was born in Mississippi, but boy, you talk about a tough birth. It was just unbelievable. That's another story, but it was brutal. And uh, it's amazing after that that we even saw a, a second baby born. Seriously, I wonder if there's a correlation how difficult the birth is and how difficult they will be someday. Anyway, we won't go there. By the sixth birth, though, Kim was dreading it because they kept having all these complications. She was doing them all natural. She was dreading it. She says, I can't wait to see this, this baby, the sixth baby, but I don't know if I can go through it again. I just don't know if I can go through it again. It's, there's always something goes wrong and it's so hard. And I said to her, well, why don't you use an epidural this time? You've done five, you know, natural. Why don't you do an epidural? And she was hesitant. And the doctors, when she mentioned it to the doctor, the doctor was like, no way, you don't need that. You can do it, you know. So, um, so finally I said, I'm going to make an executive decision as your husband. We're going to use an epidural. And the doctor was kind of ticked off. She didn't want her to use one. Who knows? Because she wasn't having the baby. But, uh, but even when we got to the hospital, the doctor was still pushing back. And, and I said, when can she get her epidural? And Kim says, when can I have my epidural? And the doctor said, you don't need that. And she left, said, went to get dinner or something. And I said to the nurse, put the epidural in now. 
<laughs> and uh, so they, the nurse listened to us, not the doctor, put the epidural in. And, and Kim was just, went into shock how easy it was. All of a sudden there was these contractions that would normally be brutal and painful. There was nothing to them. She was on the phone talking to someone and I, and I, I even have it on video, this part. I go, oh, here's a really big contraction. Oh, this is a big one. And normally she'd be already like, you're in tears. And she just waved and smiled. You know, it was, it was great. She didn't even feel it. Uh, that's why we went on to have a few more kids. So, uh, today we're going to look at contractions that lead up to Jesus Christ's second coming. But this time it won't be quite as much fun as the epidural birth because there are no spiritual epidurals that can take ease the trauma that this planet is going to go through leading up to Jesus Christ's resurrection. And once again, we are going to go into depth on this when we get to Daniel and Revelation after this first four parts. So last time we talked about the birth pains, false messiahs, wars, earthquakes, famines. We saw how in Mark 13.8 these were the beginning of birth pains. Today we're going to see how these birth pains move and transition into contractions which will increase in frequency and intensity. Let's pray. Father, we just pray once again that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds to what, you're, what you want to teach us, how you want to prepare us. I pray that we would be ready when the rest of the world is not ready, when even many churches are not ready, that we will be ready. We will be ready and, and ready for your Son, Jesus Christ, to come again. And I pray if anyone who's listening to this has never put their faith in Jesus, that this Today would be that day that they put their faith in Jesus and are really prepared. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Mark 13, 9 to 13. I'll read that first. And <clears throat> Okay, here we go. You must be on your guard. There it is again. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to, to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And I'm going to go right to a parallel passage in Matthew 24, 9 to 13, and because that's where I'm going to camp out. It's parallel, but I just like the, the, the flow and outline a little easier. So, um, once again, you can go right underneath the sermon and, and click on, and it'll show this whole outline that you can follow along with. But Matthew... 24, 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come then the end will come so we see contraction number one is in verse nine these are the contractions watch for frequency and intensity verse nine then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me so the first contraction that we're going to look at today is persecution 
Persecution. Has anyone know, noticed that persecution is on the rise worldwide? And it is starting here in the USA today. It has to. We're hated by all nations because of me. Doesn't mean there's no nation that's not going to hate Christians, including the USA today. We see what's happening with the coronavirus and there's, there's this hostility to Christians. Shouldn't be meeting. They're spreading the virus. You know, you know, they're just, there's so many things that you can see this hate and animosity coming out toward Christians. And because we try to save babies' lives, we're, we're, we are taking away women's rights and, and we, we've crossed, you talk about crossing the line against the, you know, the media and much of the country. It's always about killing babies. What is that? It's demonic. It's demonic. We're crossing a demonic line when we try to save babies' lives. And so that's what we're seeing, this, this hate that is sparking against us. And it, it's here, uh, we're hated by all nations because of him. And what really infuriates people, even the most, more than anything, is that we follow Jesus Christ and the truth of his word. Babies saving lives, big, big, big. But uh, also... The whole idea that Jesus is the only way, the one way, and that's the, that's the truth there. You never hear them freak out about Buddhists or Hindus. No, it's, it's the Christians that they, they freak out about, right? That's what, that's what freaks them out. There are two groups in the world that are, in, in the United States, increasingly hated, but worldwide hated. Just as the Bible said would happen, Bible-believing, born-again Christians and disciples of Jesus Christ, those who are really serious, whatever denomination you're from, the ones who are true Bible-believing, born-again disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, and, our, and then the second group is our Jewish brothers and sisters in the world. You see anti-Semitism in the ri rise, on the rise here in the U.S. and all over the world. These U.N. resolutions are unbelievable. It's all being set up for their persecution too, which we know from Daniel and Revelation is going to increase along with ours. Daniel and Revelation clearly teach there will be open seas and on both Christians, true Christians, not the apostates, true Christians and the Jews in the end time. Are we seeing this contraction? Are we seeing an increasing... Uh, frequency and intensity, yeah, obviously. And statistically, an estimated 70 million Christians have been killed for their faith since Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. 35 million of them were in the first 19 centuries. The other 35 million have been in the last 100 years. Many were victims of communism and fascism, and now the baton has been passed to radical Islam, where they're massacring Christians and Jews. Jihad is happening daily all over Africa, all over all over uh, the Middle East. It's uh, they're just exterminating Christians and Jews, but the media won't touch it. Why? Because they like it. Most of the media is behind, is, is supportive of it. They, they don't care about Christians and Jews. They hate us too. Most of the media, not all, but most of them. And about half of this country is in that same boat. It hates Christians and Jews. Uh, so that it's, it, and also in the United States today, we see this persecution is definitely beginning. I talked about the coronavirus, but it's under the guise of political correctness. They're attacking anyone who dares to be biblically correct. That anybody who dares to speak the truth in love, that Jesus is the only way. That, that God wants Christians to protect the lives of the unborn, babies, thou shalt not kill. That, that we, that sexual sin is wrong, including, not just, but including homosexuality is a very serious sin. Very, very serious sin. And, and, and for crossing those lines. And, and also saying that Jesus is the only way. 
It's okay if you say a way, but not the only way. Once you say that, we're crossing these lines, and because of that, we will be hated. We are hated, and it's going to break out the persecution. We could see it happen very, very quickly here in this country, very, very quickly. could definitely happen. Uh, okay, so, correction number one, persecution, increasing in frequency and intensity, big time. Sign that getting very close to Jesus Christ coming in. Contraction number two, verse 10, where it says, At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. This is called apostasy. Apostasy. Many will turn away from the faith. Turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. That's apostasy. Our, many will turn away from the faith. The Greek word for turn away, apostasy, is scandal. Scandal. They will, it means to stumble and sin. Are we seeing this contraction? 1900, just 2% claimed to be atheist or agnostic or non-religious. By the year 2000, globally, it was up to 18% said they don't believe in God. In the USA, the, 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 we're seeing this happen big time, right? We're seeing this very thing happen in the USA today. And in the USA, there's something called nuns. The atheist, agnostic, or see their religion as nothing in particular called nuns. It's almost 25% now. In fact, it's probably even higher since I read that article. But even more troubling than that is a number of people who claim that they're Christians but live like they're nuns. N-O-N-E-S, nuns, not nuns, but N-O-N-E-S, nuns. Uh, their worldview, their practical beliefs, their actions are no different than, than, than the, the actual nuns. We're talking about N-O-N-E-S, nuns. Uh, they're, they're, they're lukewarm. The Bible talks about them being lukewarm. Only 6% of Americans are, have a biblical worldview. Those are the ones we'd call real Christians, right? 6% have a biblical worldview. The apostasy. Jesus says many will betray and hate each other. There are many fakes in the churches. Many fakes. And God is going to use this time. He's already using it. He's going to use this time to refine. He's going to use this time to find out who's for real. He's going to separate the sheep and the goats. We're already seeing that in the churches over things like abortion. In homosexual marriage, we're already, God is separating the sheep from the goats. We're seeing who's for real. Even in evangelical churches, I talk to people who say, eh, abortion's no big deal. I support, I support somebody's choice to do that. What have they just showed me? They're a goat. At the very, if, if they're a Christian, at the very least, they're a, a worldly, carnal Christian. That's what they've just told me loud and clear. It, it's impossible to have that kind of a thought that it's okay to kill a baby, no big deal, if you're a, a believer in Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit in you and you're following the Word. That person has just told me that they're, they're a worldly, carnal Christian if they're a Christian at all. That's what they're showing, showing us. And, and there are many fakes, and God is using this whole time to separate the sheep from the goats. Gay marriage is exploding churches. But those churches were already false and apostate. He's using it to, to separate the sheep and the goats. That's what's happening. I see God refining the church in the USA today. Just like at one time communism was used and, and Islam and now it's, it's the, the abortion and gay marriage. It, it, it's, it's shock, it's shocking that the, the evangelical leaders and churches that we are, that we have seen cave in on these issues. I'm like, are you kidding? These people used to speak at these big conferences and be considered these strong evangelical leaders and now they're coming, caving in on these, these basic 
basic biblical beliefs. And I'm not picking on homosexual sin. It's no different than a heterosexual sin. It, homosexuality is no different than adultery or premarital sex or pornography. It's no different. Any kind of lust. It's the same thing. They're all considered equally serious in God's sight. All equally make us in need of repentance and purification and getting our healing. But but it's shocking that the amount of evangelical leaders that have caved in on that. What have they shown? They were fake. They were fake. If they cave in on these issues, they're just goats. They're not real Christians. And it's, God is using it to expose it. God is doing us a favor. He's separating the sheep from the goats. I'm not upset about these issues. I'm thankful because it's showing who's for real. Who's for real? Contraction number three. Contraction number three, verse 11. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. False prophets is contraction number three. We saw that false messiahs last time were part of the birth pains, and now we see that false prophets are part of the contraction process. These are false teachers. They claim to be Christian, but their teachings go against God's word. This is the key, God's word. And we have to take everything against God's word, every teaching. And this is an easy contraction to see increasing in frequency and intensity all around us. The, the, the TV evangelists and the TV preachers who, who preach this word of faith, false teaching, that, that Christians should have health and wealth. And if they don't, it's because they lack faith or they, they lack, they have sin in their life or they just haven't sent enough money to that TV preacher evangelist because if they sent enough money, then they would get the blessing back again. These guys are scam Artists, scam artists. I'll just use one to, as an example. Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is most popular preacher in the USA today, but the guy is a scam artist. I could give you many, many examples. If you listen to Joel Osteen, please stop because he's a fraud, he's a fake, he's a scam artist. He's slick. He's smooth, but he's a scam artist. I'm just going to read you one one example. Uh, Joel Olstein says he's not cheating people by neglecting to preach on repentance and hell, as in he doesn't preach on repentance and hell. Mega church self-help author and motivational speaker Joel Olstein says he doesn't believe that he's cheating people by neglecting to preach on repentance or eternal punishment, as he uh, gives the opinion that people feel guilty enough already. Olstein was featured on CBS Sunday Morning, blah, blah, blah. Um, Olstein, who reportedly lives in a $10 million home, explained to CBS that most of his wealth comes from his book sales and his work on satellite radio. He does not take a salary from Lakewood, which he estimates take, makes in almost $100 million a year. However, much concern has been raised over the past decade that the messages at Lakewood are noticeably man-centered and humanistic instead of Christ-centered and gospel-centric. I watched a few times and I say amen to that. Olstein's self-help books have included Your Best Life Now, Becoming a Better You, You Can, You Will, and It's Your Time. <laughs> Get the point? Uh, Olstein's latest book, The Power of I Am, teaches readers to manifest blessings in their life by making positive confessions about themselves so they might lead a more productive and happier life. There is biblical positive thinking, but this this is not biblical positive thinking. This is humanistic. Uh, let's see. It says in 2014, Osteen's wife Victoria raised concerns when she preached when she preached 
Another red flag, all right? Uh, she shouldn't be preaching in, in, a, in a church. The Bible is very, very clear on that. Another sheep and the goats moment here. Uh, she preached, just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. When you come to church, when you worship Him, you're not doing it for God, really. You're doing it for yourself. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. All right? Unbel unbelievable. Just unbelievable. The... The, these, these, these fake scam artists who just want the money. And then the emergent church, which is starting to disappear now, thankfully. But the emergent church, which was so big, so many young people flocked to it. Uh, but now that we see that the emergent church has been submerged under false teaching, Rob Bell, one of the main leaders of it, has been exposed. He actually made a partner with Oprah, a spiritual partnership with Oprah, which whereas, you know, there's many ways to God and nobody's going to hell, that whole thing. He, he's been exposed as a false teacher. And it's not just the, the, the evangelicals, but I already talked about last time about the Pope. It's shocking the apost this apostate Pope. Evolution is true. All religions go lead to God, which directly contradicts the Popes before him, and more importantly, contradicts the Word of God. And the latest that this, this Pope has come out with is that <clears throat> Catholics should not try to convert Jews. Catholics should not try to convert Jews, the Vatican says. The Vatican has told Catholics that they should not seek to convert Jews and stress that the two faiths have a unique relationship. That's strange because uh, Jesus tried to convert them, tried to bring them to Christ, uh, and and it's just complete, unbelievable. It ignores the fact that the Jewish disciple, Jewish disciples were preaching to Jews, the Jewish crowd, saying they had to go through Jesus. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. But, but the Vatican says here, it says the Catholic Church neither conducts nor supports any specific institutional mission work directed toward the Jews. Judaism, it points out, is not to be considered simply another religion. The Jews instead are elder brothers. Uh, it's true. We have a unbelievable connection with them, but they still need their Messiah, Jesus Christ. I love the, my, many Jewish friends. Love them. Uh, do anything for them. I'll die to protect them. But they need Jesus. And this is a, a false teaching. Turning to the vexed question of salvation, the document says that the Jews are participants in God's salvation. That's theologically unquestionable, but how can it be possible without confessing Christ? It's not. Explicitly, that is and remains a, a divine mystery. It says here, Jews and Catholics should jointly combat all forms of Semitism. Yes. The document says condemning the Nazi slaughter of Jews in World War II. Yes. Agreed. It made no direct reference, but it made no direct reference to the medieval Inquisition where the Catholic Church persecuted and forced them to convert to Christianity. Uh, you have two extremes here in the Catholic Church. Number one, they were persecuting them, and now they don't even offer them salvation. Those are two extremes, and they're both wrong. You, 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 you can't... Anyway, enough said. That's a false teaching. It's, it's, a, it's a falling away. It's, uh, it's, it's an, a, a falling away, and it's very, very serious, and both Catholics and Protestants are, are, we're seeing the apostasy in both. We're seeing the fall away, falling away in both. We're seeing the false prophecy in both. It's not one or the other. They're both, we're seeing a lot in both ways. Uh, contraction number four. Contraction number four, verse 12. 
says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will go cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. An increasing in wickedness, in cold-blooded sin. Is this happening? <laughs> just follow the news. You know, just follow the news. It's shocking. Read the Christian news. Find a good Christian news source and follow that. But it's shocking. It's unbelievable what we are seeing in the world today. But it shouldn't be a surprise to us because there's a checklist, God's checklist, in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. He says, but mark this. The Apostle Paul speaking. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Not lovers of the good. Treacherous. Rash. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with them. That checklist, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 4, through 5, check, 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 check. We're seeing an increasing of each of these things. We're seeing an increase in weakness. It's, I don't even want to mention what we're seeing out there on a daily basis. It, it's just in, insane. It, it literally is insane. Contraction number 5, verse 14. And we get a happy one to end with. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. The, the gospel, worldwide evangelism, the gospel is going to be preached in the whole world. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us the Great Commission. Remember? Matthew 28, 18-20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission. This commission must be fulfilled before Jesus returns. Is it happening? Woo! Is it ever happening? Uh, Billy Graham, I remember back in 1993, they estimated that he had preached to 100 million people, which was really just the tip of the iceberg. The underground church now in, in China alone is up to 100 million people in just one country. Missions, we are seeing the Bible translators. The Bible has been translated into almost every people group now. Almost everyone has the gospel now, every people group. Unbelievable what's happening. Are we fulfilling? Are we fulfilling the Great Commission. We see these contractions. They're increasing. It's getting closer. We're going to see more things that are going to happen next time. Wait till you see when the, when the, the birth is getting close, the water breaks. Wait till we get to see that the next time. But, but looking at these contractions, these should motivate us. Keep our eyes open. Be watching when we see these contractions happening. When we see them happening. When we see persecution, apostasy, false prophets and teachers, the increase in wickedness, worldwide witnessing. These are all signs that we're seeing the freak frequency and intensity. We know that it's getting closer and closer. It's getting much more intense. Getting ready for that baby. Getting ready for Jesus to come again. Are we fulfilling the Great Commission? Are we fulfilling it? Jesus won't come back again until it's fulfilled. It's our job. Are we fulfilling it? In fact, we can speed it up. We can speed it up. This is wild. This is wild. Second Peter. Second Peter. Uh, let's see here. Second Peter, here we go, uh, 
chapter 3, starting with verse 3. It says this, First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Verse 8, But do not forget one thing, dear friends. <clears throat> with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a, a, a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Verse 11, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Speed its coming. Woo! We can, we, we, we can speed the coming of the day of the Lord. We can speed the, 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 the second coming. Now we know it's in God's hands, but we, we, we can speed it. Jesus may be, may be waiting for you to share the gospel, us to share the gospel with someone before he comes again. He may be waiting for you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Just waiting. You may be that last person before he pulls the, the trigger. He, he, he could be waiting for you. And if he is waiting for you, you better do it soon. Because if we get to heaven and find out we didn't get to go to heaven for an extra year or two because you were sitting around not sure if you wanted to put your faith in Jesus or give your life to him, we're going to be mad at you in heaven. <laughs> so don't, don't hold us up. Or he may be waiting for us to live holy, godly lives. Remember I read that? Holy, godly lives. Because Jesus is waiting for, for is come, waiting for us to be holy and pure. He's coming back for a holy, pure bride. Revelation 19, 7 to 8. In Revelation 19, 7 to 8, it says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Jesus is coming back for a righteous, holy, pure bride. And he's waiting for us to be purified. And it's going to probably take persecution, persecution to purify us. Because nothing else is working. I've been in ministry 30 years. So let me tell you, nothing else is working. I believe it's going to have to take persecution, just like it has in all around the world. But he's, he's coming back. Maybe he's waiting for us, you, me, one of us to purify. Are we living holy? Are we sharing our faith? Are we speeding the day? Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're listening to this and you're not a Christian. Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to put your faith in him to speed the day that way? Let's pray. Once again, as we go to prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus may be waiting for just you, just you, to come to salvation before he comes back again. Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus? Are you ready for Jesus to come again? Will he be your savior or your judge? There's only one way to be ready. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
Have you ever believed in Him? The word believe there in the Greek doesn't mean to believe in your head. It means the heart. It means to completely put your trust in and to depend on and to cling to Jesus Christ. What He did on the cross. How He died for our sin. And offers us forgiveness through His death. And offers us a brand new life through His resurrection. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus receiving his forgiveness, and receiving a brand new resurrection life through Jesus. You can have that right this second by a prayer of faith. God, I want that. I want that new life. I don't want my old life anymore. I walk away. I turn away. I repent of that. I ask you to forgive me through your mercy and grace through your Son, Jesus Christ, through the cross of Jesus Christ, forgive me. I'm putting my faith in Him. I'm going to follow Him. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ today, you are now ready. You are ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ, for Him to come back again. You have just helped speed that day. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? What in our life do we need to purify? Who do we need to witness to in order to speed the day? Father, I pray that we would all be ready. We would all be helping others get ready for the return of Jesus Christ. We know it's coming soon. We can see the signs. We're not going to be shocked. We can't know the exact time, but we're not going to be shocked. Father, please prepare us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to be doing part three next, so don't miss that. It's going to get pretty hot here. But uh, I just want to say, if you have put your faith in Christ, or you want to know how to put your faith in Christ, uh, you can go on our, our website and contact me through that, uh, or you can just uh, www.newhopechurchpa.org, or you can email, send me an email, and I'll get connected, and we'll figure out how to, maybe you put your faith in Christ, or you have questions, or you have spiritual questions, uh, and it's nhcc, New Hope Community Church, nhcc at comcast.net. So love to hear from you, okay? Especially those who are putting their faith in Christ. Love to hear that great, great news. Okay, God bless.